Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Liz Wheeler Show. So last Friday, uh, we had a discussion about our institutions being captured in this nation or institutional capture, what that means. It means that the quote-unquote experts that populate and control our institutions, some of them governmental institutions like the Department of Justice, the FBI, the Department of Education, the agencies of the executive branch, some of them political, but some of them non-political or quasi-political, some of them private institutions like the teachers' unions and the education system itself, the, the medical industry, the American Academy of Pediatrics, a lot of these official organizations that present themselves as being experts. They try to direct our lives and control our lives. And they they present that, that control or that direction as being altruistic. You know, we, we have science-based evidence for you. We, have, we know what's best. This is our, our field of study. We, we can show you and guide you and teach you and, um, you know, and, and be the experts in this field when you are not the experts in this field. And we talked about last week how our institutions have been captured by radical leftists, and not just radical leftists, but by those who embrace a neo-Marxist ideology. And the, the, the official word for the goal of uh, institutional capture is technocracy. Technocracy is very simply defined as rule by the experts. And it, it, it's a stepping stone, essentially, from a, fr- from a free market society or a free society to a socialist communist, Marxist, or collectivist society. And technocracy is the stepping stone, which um, socially engineers a society so that it is ruled by experts, by quote-unquote technology, by quote-unquote science, instead of just by people's, people's decision, their choice, and um, you know, their, their own minds, their, their values um, as, as individual people. So we talked a little bit about technocracy and how this can be a very earth-shattering revelation for a lot of people to lose faith in institutions that they previously deferred to. Whether you're a young mom and you've always deferred to your pediatrician because you thought, oh, your pediatrician knows the best practices for parenting. They know the best practices for how to raise children. And then you realize, oh my goodness, these pediatricians are forced to follow the practices as handed down by the CDC and the American Academy of Pediatrics, both of which are ideologically and financially corrupted, ideologically by neo-Marxism and financially corrupted by everyone from formula manufacturers to vaccine manufacturers. Um, and they actually are, are, are providing guidance and rules that are not only um, incorrect, some of them are, are outright dangerous and bad advice. It can be a very earth shattering. I don't know a better phrase to describe this, but it can be a very earth shattering thing to realize that maybe there's no such thing as an expert in the in in the context of technocracy. Maybe there's no one that can just through science and technocracy dictate to you how to live your life. So maybe the best way to look at our society and to look at your own life is to do th- do so through a lens of skepticism, to always require verification, not to take anybody's word for it based on their their own claim of expertise. Again, this can be a really big deal to do. And so last week I said, one of the things that I like to do is I like to uh, provide you and myself with ammunition to fully understand what I just described in, in the practical or in the concrete way. So what I described was very hypothetical. I described it in a very philosophical sense, but what's the practical proof that this is true? Does this, to be convinced and to change our behavior accordingly, we have to fully see for ourselves, feel the tangible evidence that these institutions have been corrupted. So um, last week, last Friday, we talked about some of these institutions and, and, and walked through, you can go back to last Friday's episode and look at this, uh, and walked through some of the institutions that have that have been corrupted by uh, techno- technocracy, technocrats who um, themselves are adherents to radical leftist ideology. So fast forward to today, I want to do sort of a part two of that. I want to, first of all, say, uh, live your life through the lens of skepticism. It'll change your life. Do not defer to these experts. And I want to talk about the experts themselves. 
not the actual institutions, but the experts, the, the, and yes, that isn't a quote unquote, the experts themselves. This episode is people centric. These are the people who have infiltrated our institutions who bill themselves and the institution bills these people as the uh, experts. They're not nameless, faceless standards of care, rules and regulations, scientific studies and outcomes. These are the actual people behind policies that while they're billed as science are actually just ideology draped in pseudoscience. These are the folks. Um, we're going to start by talking about the some updates on the Project Veritas expose. Project Veritas says that they have a direct message for Pfizer. We're also going to talk about basketball player Steph Curry's hilarious letter to his city. He doesn't want to see poor people, evidently, by his mansion, nearby to his mansion. Steph Curry is a Democrat. And we're going to talk about Gavin Newsom's creepy wife. Gavin Newsom's creepy wife is making a lot of money off showing your kids movies and films, uh, super creepy movies and films that she made. These, these films are being shown to your children in classrooms, and they are uh, rife with radical gender ideology. So let's get to it. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, by the way, a lot of you guys have asked me about Trump bashing DeSantis and what I think about this. So before we get into uh, the technocracy stuff, the institutional capture and the experts who've infiltrated our institutions, let's just address this really quick. This is one of those stories that I don't care about at all. I, I do not care about Trump bashing DeSantis. And this is politics, right? This is politics. This is, this is the primary, except it's the pre-primary. I'll care about this a lot more this time next year when the primary is real. Right now, it's still like a hypothetical primary in the future. What's happening now has honestly very little bearing. The, the tit-for-tat stuff has very little bearing on um, what will happen this time next year because people now are not thinking about who they want to vote for. It's so far in the future, they're not even considering that. So this is the primary. I, nobody is entitled, no politician is entitled to any office. I've, nobody is entitled to anything. So fight it out if you want to fight it out. Prove to us who's best. Present your policies and convince us to vote for you. Uh, if this happens through debate, great, more power to you. And at this point, like I said, it's a little bit too early. Trump's um, comment towards DeSantis is that if DeSantis chooses to run in 2024, it would be a, quote, act of extreme disloyalty. So I have a couple comments on this. First of all, I think that shows that President Trump acknowledges that DeSantis would be a viable threat to Trump's candidacy for the Republican nominee for president. Because if you compare Trump's response to the idea of a DeSantis run, to Trump's reported response to when Nikki Haley called Trump and said, hey, I'm going to run for president or I'm considering running for president, uh, the response is quite different. So according to reports, when Nikki Haley called Trump, he actually said, great, good, I encourage you to run, go for it, in like a very genial and friendly way, which, um, poor Nikki Haley, I don't think that that reflects well on her because it shows Trump's not afraid of her at all in the competitive sense. So, um, so his response to DeSantis shows that, you know, he wants to preemptively stop DeSantis from running. Why? Because he fears that DeSantis might, might defeat him. Um, his attack doesn't make a lot of sense to me because it's not accurate. When Trump tries to bash DeSantis about COVID lockdowns, it's what, what Trump is, the allegation that Trump is loving isn't even true. It's, it's outright false. It's like revisionist history almost. Um, so it doesn't make a lot of sense to me why he would do that. Also, also, just from a strategic standpoint, if Trump compares himself to DeSantis on COVID, then he's going to lose. Uh, a Trump-DeSantis head-to-head just on COVID-19. I mean, Trump's the one who got us Fauci and elevated Fauci to the position and then didn't fire him. He encouraged Georgia to continue lockdowns. He condemned DeSantis, actually, when DeSantis reopened schools. Um, Trump repeatedly wore a mask. He spearheaded warp speed, Operation Warp Speed. Um, which produced these these terrible COVID-19 vaccines, which Trump still does not denounce. Um, and he he failed to see the deep state hard at work in this entire operation. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to me why Trump would pick on DeSantis now, why he would levy these allegations, which aren't false, and why he would 
um, try to set up, try to set up this this one-to-one with DeSantis on COVID. He's not going to win that argument if he does that. But like I said, I actually don't really care about this much until this time next year. So we'll cover this as it happens, but it's a little too early for this kind of fight. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, so Gavin Newsom's wife, her name is Jennifer Seibel Newsom. Seibel Newsom. Jennifer Siebel Newsom, she runs an organization, a nonprofit organization called the Represent- Representation Project. Now, in this day and age with all these woke terms, even the name of that organization is a little bit of a red flag here. But the Representation Project um, is, is, is charged. They're, they claim that they're fighting sexism, um, and they're doing so through making movies and showing these movies in schools, in your children's classrooms. So the Daily Caller reported on this, and this is what they said. Jennifer Seibel's Jennifer Seibel Newsom's nonprofit, The Representation Project, a group focused on fighting sexism through films and activism, charged California's public schools between $49 to $599 to stream the documentaries on quote-unquote gender justice to their students, this according to Open the Books. Since 2012, Newsom has earned nearly $1.5 million in film licenses and nearly $1.7 million in sales from documentaries such as The Great American Lie, a story about systemic inequalities in gender and fair play about unfair work dynamics for women within their homes. This is what The Daily Caller writes. Approximately 2.6 million students in 5,000 schools across all 50 states watched the documentaries, which Newsom wrote and directed. Open the books, report it. Newsom's group charged schools an average of $270 to stream the films. Um, So we talk often about the institution of public schools and how it's been corrupted by mostly the Department of Education and teachers unions, that collusion, and how teachers unions are corrupted with people like Randy Weingarten, who are radical leftist activists who really want to use the school system to indoctrinate youth into being neo-Marxist revolutionaries. They really want to um, social engineer the next generation of our nations. And we talk often about Um, the institutions, how if you walk into these classrooms, you can see pride flags and Black Lives Matter flags and posters about neo-pronouns. And if you go into teachers union conferences, you can see DEI training and um, CRT training and SEL training. SEL is social emotional learning, and it's it's just as toxic as critical race theory, just as toxic as DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. But what we don't often talk about is the creators of this curriculum, the creators of the curriculum that teachers unions harness. We talk about the power teachers unions have over choosing curriculum, but we don't talk about the creators of the curriculum. And the creators of the curriculum are clearly very important because that's what's being poured into the minds of your child. Will this woman, Gavin Newsom's wife, Jennifer Newsom, she is one of the faces behind the curriculum being taught to your children. She is one of the proverbial quote-unquote experts. She is speaking to your child, telling them what is true and what is not true, what is right and what is wrong through her warped lens of neo-Marxist ideology. So it's not just the institution that we should focus on. The institution itself can be neither moral or immoral when it's something like a school system, right? There's, There's nothing... There's nothing inherently right or wrong, good or bad, about the idea of a classroom. It's the people running it, the organizations running it, and then the people who are behind the organizations. And so when we talk about institutional capture, the school system's not just captured by the teachers' unions. The teachers' unions themselves are leveraging so-called expert groups, groups that that claim expertise in various disciplines. Like in this case, she is 
trying to fight sexism through film and making, making films that she charges classrooms to show to their children. This is a face behind the institutional capture. And I think it's easier to understand um, how infiltrated our institutions are, how weaponized our institutions have become when we see the faces behind the institutional capture. That's one. Uh, the next one is actually a story that kind of made me laugh. It's about Steph Curry, who is obviously a basketball star. He's like the fifth highest paid athlete in the entire world from last year, I think. Okay, so you might be wondering, well, what does an NBA basketball star have to do with institutional capture? Let me tell you what he has to do with institutional capture. Steph Curry is one of um, the most high-profile Democrats in our country. He has stumped for Obama. He has stumped for Biden. Um, and when he when he does this, when he when he engages in this this activism for Democratic politicians, for Democrats politicians, he does so in the name of income inequality. This is what he has said before. This is what he said in 2021. He said, bridging the racial wealth gap is one of the biggest challenges of our generation. Uncovering solutions and creating opportunities is something I'm, I'm profoundly committed to. So bridging the racial wealth gap, bridging the racial wealth gap. So he takes that statement and he then supports Democratic politicians, Democrat politicians whose policies make, um, the, make life for low-income Americans more difficult. It makes rising out of poverty much more difficult, sometimes next to impossible. And this is done all in the name of politics. When, when the left talks about bridging income inequality, what they're talking about is they're advocating for socialism, for redistribution of wealth, for spreading the wealth around, for government stealing from one person to give to another, stealing from those who have and giving to those who have not. Instead of encouraging people to take part in a free market economy and kind of, instead of helping people who need help, but also not trapping them in a cycle of poverty and dependence on government programs. Democrats don't do any of that. Democrats make the problem worse. Steph Curry has been one of the biggest supporters, the most, the most public high profile Democrat in the country. So that's the background of the story. Then we fast forward to uh, this week and Steph Curry has written a letter. He and his wife wrote a letter to their city and in this letter, he writes that he does not want um, government-sponsored, subsidized, low-income housing to be built within viewing distance of the mansion that he owns in California. I kid you not. This is what he writes in his letter. He says, as Atherton residents, we have been following along with the housing element updates with special interest in the 23 Oakwood property. We hesitate to add to the not in our backyard, literally, rhetoric, but we wanted to send a note before today's meeting. Safety and privacy for us and our kids continues to be our top priority and one of the biggest reasons we chose Atherton as home. We kindly ask that the town adopts the new housing element without the inclusion of 23 Oakwood. Should that not be sufficient for the state, we ask that the town commits to investing in considerably taller fencing and landscaping to block sight lines onto our family's property. I read this. And by the way, you want to take a look at what Steph Curry's mansion looks like. We have a photo. We have a couple of photos of what this 30,000 square foot property looks like. It's a mansion. This is bigger than some Hollywood mansions. It's exactly what you would expect. The fifth highest paid athlete in the world where you would expect him to live. This is, this is, it's funny to me when people like Steph Curry such a high-profile Democrat push for solutions to the racial wealth gap and income inequality while living in a mansion like this. That's funny enough as it is. Socialism, when you are living like, like the ruling class, but then to say, I, as a Democrat, don't want the government-subsidized housing that I support to be within sight. I don't want these poor people to be in my neighborhood, to be within my vicinity, or if they have to be here, oh my goodness, please put a bush between me and this, and a fence between me and this objectionable poor person. This is the institution of, this is a, perfectly representation, a perfect representation of the institution of the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party, we talk about institutional capture. Maybe it's the NBA that's been institutionally captured, pushing all of these, these woke agenda items. It's not nameless. It's not faceless. It's populated by people like Steph Curry, who are just hilariously, hilariously hypocritical in their support of a political policy, but then when it negatively impacts them, um, they, they 
oppose it outright in a rather snobby, rather elitist way. It's technocracy, the experts and the ruling class are not nameless, they're not faceless. We learned that specifically um, this past week during Project Veritas's expose into Pfizer. We all know that Pfizer's vaccine, and we're gonna have to censor a lot of this on YouTube, so because YouTube doesn't, doesn't allow this type of discussion, doesn't allow this kind of journalism, so you can go over to rumble.com slash Liz Wheeler. This entire, this entire section will be available for free, uncensored on rumble.com slash Liz Wheeler, but just a little heads up, I know it's annoying when we have to hit the censor, the bleep out button over here on YouTube, but you know why. If I don't, I get strikes against my channel and threats that I'll, uh, that I'll, get, that I'll get kicked off YouTube altogether, so... If it's annoying, know that I agree with you and blame YouTube and not me. You can go to rumble.com slash Liz Wheeler to access this for complete for free. So Pfizer has been billed as the expert after they created this vaccine that's that's neither effective nor safe. Um, but Pfizer is sort of a nameless, faceless thing, right? This, this entity is nameless and faceless, but they're claiming this, this ultimate at the top of the pyramid of expertise. Well, Project Veritas has... Um, obviously exposed some of the people, one person in particular, Jordan Walker, as being a pivotal player in the Pfizer machine. This is what one of the experts is. And if this video doesn't give you pause to say, well, wait a second, maybe when my doctor is repeating talking points from Pfizer and this is the expert, quote unquote expert, that's informing Pfizer's information that they're giving my doctor, maybe I should back up and take a minute and question whether I should be accepting this as fact or whether I should be viewing this as skepticism. This has been Project Veritas's biggest story of all time. Biggest story of all time, 50 million views worldwide. And I have with me today the media relations manager of Project Veritas to talk about what comes next. Mario, thank you for joining me. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Liz, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. Okay, Mario, correct me if I'm wrong here, but 50 million views worldwide on this video. I believe 30 million of them were on Twitter. This has got to be one of your biggest stories of all time. You're right. It's uh, about 30 million views on one of the, the original video that we put out. The second video of the confrontation slash interview attempt that we tr uh, James tried to talk to this individual, that has over 10 million views on Twitter alone. So on Twitter alone, we're at 40 million views combined videos. But if you include all the platforms, all the individual uh, uploads from people 50 million plus for sure is, is a is a real is a is a realistic number uh don't forget though that youtube did take down our video that almost had a million views there but it almost hit a million you know on youtube before they took it down so still a good amount of people got to see it there let's talk about youtube i want to get i, I want to talk to you in a second about sort of the lead up to this the investigative journalism that culminates in a video like this because this isn't just a interview that you walk up and that happens to happen at a restaurant. Before we get to that, though, I want to talk to you about YouTube because YouTube yanked this video off, the, the original video, the video of um, what the, the undercover video at the restaurant talking to this Pfizer employee, Jordan Walker, and YouTube removed this video, but you, you have obtained, Project Veritas has obtained an internal 
um, YouTube documents detailing exactly why this video was removed and detailing what should be done if anyone re-uploads this. I wanna read just a little bit of what this document says and then I want, uh, I, I'd like to get your reaction on this. So this internal document says, urgent guidance, Project Veritas video on the Pfizer vaccine. It's dated the 27th of January, 2023. It says what? A clip uploaded by Project Veritas featuring a Pfizer official is rapidly spreading on the platform. The video, when uploaded in its entirety, contains a timestamp that violates the COVID-19 vaccine misinformation policy for making a categorical claim that COVID-19 vaccines, and by the way, we're gonna have to even censor this on YouTube, so bleep for two seconds, people, but we'll be right back. Categorical claim that COVID-19 vaccines are ineffective and should therefore be removed unless it contains sufficient EDSA slash CRC. So they, you skip down to the bottom of the page and it says why. The why, the why, why they're enforcing this. They say it's important that we remove violative re-uploads on this content as it spreads harmful misinformation about approved vaccines against COVID-19. Um, Mario, what's your reaction to this? I mean, first of all, you had to expect that this would happen. You knew that this wasn't going to be, wasn't going to be allowed on YouTube, but how do you react to this? So yeah, no, thank you for breaking that down. So it's an interesting uh, conversation to have because uh, Liz, you probably remember in 2021, Project Veritas did a whole five-part series called The COVID Vax Exposed, where we exposed uh, HHS whistleblower coming out about the, the COVID vaccine that was recently uh, you know, put out to the public. Uh, we exposed Pfizer at the time, Johnson & Johnson, as well as, I believe, it was um, the FDA. Uh, it was a very, very explosive uh, series. And interestingly, YouTube never took any of those videos down. Uh, the only platform that did take videos down at that time was Instagram. Uh, what we're seeing here is the reverse uh, situation where Instagram has not touched our story um, and YouTube has. So it's it, we're kind of I'm kind of surprised personally that YouTube did it. But, you know, now that I see, you know, the the explanation of how they're doing it, it's, it's incredible that, you know, they're looking and saying, oh, this is misinformation because James is trying to say that the vaccines are ineffective. That's not really what James said, because first of all, James doesn't put his opinion on anything. We just report what other people are saying. He was just presenting the next moment of the guy speaking on, on undercover video. That's what James does. He sets up the scene of the, the conversation so people understand the context. And really what uh, you saw there was James saying, you know, we asked a question about uh, the ineffective vaccine when it comes to new strains, which means that, as we know, Pfizer and other big pharma companies have developed new vaccines over time to fight new strains of COVID, right? We all know they say this publicly. We, as, you know, Omicron, for example, came out, uh, they said they were going to develop a vaccine to fight Omicron. So all James was pointing out was that, you know, older vaccines were not as effective to combat new strains. And therefore, they talk about how they, you know, build new vaccines, which is the theme of this video, to combat new strains, right? So there's really, it's really um, logical there. And they used the word ineffective and they tied it to vaccines to make it seem like, oh, we're saying all vaccines are ineffective. Therefore, uh, they nitpicked that to take down our video. It's, it's pretty blatant that it's censorship and they just didn't want the information out there. Yeah, I would agree with that. My analysis was very similar that it wasn't James and maybe James has shared his personal, his personal opinion on the vaccine somewhere. If he has, I don't know what it is, but it was pretty obvious that he was simply describing the evolution of the strains of the virus as it pertains to the effectiveness of each of the individual vaccines. I mean, this is the premise of the boosters, right? That the vaccines are less effective against previous previous strains. That's why they have boosters. If if it if they didn't if they didn't have that evolution and they didn't become less effective, they wouldn't need the boosters theoretically. Um, but um, like I said, this can't have surprised you per se. Although it is interesting that Instagram it has left it up. Okay, so now take me a little bit behind the scenes, right? This is what a lot of people wonder when they see this. They wonder what goes into this. They wonder how long of a project this takes before it comes to video. They wonder as a journalist, and this is true for any story, they wonder how your team of journalists, you know, found this particular story. Um, tell us about this. What does this process look like to put together an operation like this? Yeah, so no, and, and, and that's the thing. Uh, you know, we do a lot. Of, we have ongoing investigations happening as we speak, right? It's always, we always have something going on. James is the most hardworking person I've ever met. He's always on the move. And our journalists, we have, you know, over 20 at this point who are traveling around the country, always looking for the next story. So, and these things tend to vary, right? There's no secret formula. Like you must 
follow these exact steps in order to get a bombshell video. Sometimes stories for us take months to uh, uh, to uh, uh, corroborate and, and develop. Some take weeks, some might even take some days. Uh, it really depends as to how willing the subject is to divulge the information that the public is going to find newsworthy. Um, in this case, I can tell you it wasn't, it wasn't nearly as long of an investigation as some may think. Uh, obviously, it wasn't. It don't by that I don't mean it was an easy investigation. It takes a lot of hard work and, and perseverance and 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 really uh, persisting to get uh, the information now to the public. The the hard work that goes into it is is incredible. I see it firsthand here with the undercover journalists that do this. But um, some people, like Jordan, as you can tell, he was very, more than willing to share what was going on at his uh, at his job. Right? Some people are not as open as Jordan. But Jordan was uh, Jordan Walker, the Pfizer director here, was uh, most certainly one of the people that I would say is uh, more than more than happy to divulge information. You know, when we were doing this Rumble live stream, we we watched the video together, and it was funny. I, I forget the username. I'd like to credit this this person. Um, who was watching along with us. But this was one of the funniest comments that I've seen. He was like, you know, it's funny to me how the subjects of these videos are always so willing to just sh spill their guts to what's kind of a virtual stranger, usually someone who thinks that they're on like a first, second, or third date. And he goes, confession must be good for the soul because it's just shocking how, how easily they give up this information. No, it's true. And like, and the other thing is people uh, tend to assume that we only use, you know, apps or something to meet these people. We meet people in all sorts of ways. Uh, we meet them at airports. We meet them at coffee shops. We meet them at conferences. Um, one example, I'm sure you might remember when we exposed Twitter last year before Elon Musk uh, had uh, completed his purchase of Twitter. This uh, Twitter executive said to our undercover journalists that they got an email from the company warning them, be careful, Project Veritas uh, people are, are lurking around and trying to talk to uh, um, a tweeps is what they call. Used, I think I don't know if they still use this term, but what they call Twitter employers tweets and beware. And the guy was literally reading the email from their bosses <laughs> saying, be careful Veritas journalist to a project Veritas undercover journalist and saying, and he said, thank goodness we met organically or else I'd be questioning everything about you. So um, people have even, and even this guy, Jordan Walker said, yeah, you know, there's been times when uh, these uh, uh, journalists have talked to, some Pfizer people and, you know, did some videos. So, you know, like, it's weird that you're asking me some of these questions. So even Jordan at some point said it, but even those things didn't prevent Jordan or that Twitter executive to tell us exactly what they didn't want the public to know. So uh, it goes to show you that uh, Project Veritas is that effective. Yeah, it's so funny. I That was one of the parts of the video that made me laugh when he was like, oh, you're asking all these questions. It's like you're that undercover operation. <laughs> and your journalist did an admirable job being like, oh, undercover operation. Ha ha ha. That's so funny. Um, okay. I want to address a couple of the very common responses or I guess they're criticisms, questions that have... Um, that have arisen from this video. And one is an allegation that Jordan Walker is not officially an employee of Pfizer. Can you clear that up for us? Is he? Yeah, he absolutely, there's no doubt and from all of our corroboration and all the work that we've done that he works there. First of all, we've put out documents. Uh, I'm sure you've seen those showing um, where he works. Uh, we found LinkedIn links that no longer active, but a lot of documents to show that where he works. But here's the most telling part, Liz. Pfizer, as you know, responded on Friday. Did you see any part in that press release where Pfizer said this person doesn't work for us or this person is low level? Wouldn't it be easy for Pfizer to just come out and say, this person doesn't work for us? This person doesn't know what he's talking about. I didn't see Pfizer mention that at all. So to me, Pfizer actually gave us the most vindicating response possible, showing that you know, it would be so much easier for them to just dismiss the entire video by saying this person uh, cannot speak for the company. But that is not what Pfizer said. I mean, honestly, I was surprised that they did not throw him under the bus because that's the easiest tactic to make someone seem like they're a low-level, incompetent employee without access to information or access to any of the decision-making process. And I was surprised they didn't do that. Yeah, and and, and we did the, our journalistic, uh, you know, uh, part where we reached out to Pfizer before we released the video. So we emailed them for comment asking, you know, here's who this person is, here's what they said. We gave them the opportunity to respond. Right. So we did our due diligence after corroborating, after look, doing all the research and, and, and finding as many documents to prove you know, his background and what he was saying to us was real. Uh, we reached out to Pfizer for comment. 
And uh, we also, as you saw in the video where James asks um, um, Mr. Walker uh, for his responses to what he said on undercover video, Walker responds by saying, but I only work for a company that wants to do great things for the public. And, you know, like it was very clear that he was, you know, admitting that he worked there in the in the interview that James tried to speak to him before, of course, he uh, flipped and started tossing iPads and smashing things, of course. Is James going to press charges uh, uh, on, on that front, by the way? I know the police said in the video that if the guy was still there, they could have arrested him. Yeah, we're, we don't, at this time, we don't intend to do that. Uh, you know, we really, uh, we really just want to focus on the journalism that we, you know, we put out there. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate that a person, this has never happened before in Project Veritas history, where not only, as you said, this is the most watched video in Project Veritas history, so that's number one. But number two, when we went to speak to someone, we've, as, you, as you know, we've talked to a lot of people that we've exposed to get their comments on the situations very similar to what you saw with Mr. Walker. And this is the first time ever where we had, you know, a physical altercation take place between uh, the subject and our journalists. So this is everything about this video from the, the content of what it shows, how much attention it's gotten. And the reaction from the subject is all unprecedented for Project Veritas. Yeah, it's it's been crazy to unfold. I want to get your reaction to Pfizer. Pfizer did finally release days later. They released a response to this. And they, re- they re- uh, released a response to the content of what Jordan Walker said. Um, and I want to read this before, before we talk about what it actually means. So they say, in the ongoing development of the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine, Pfizer has not conducted gain of function or directed evolution research. Working with collaborators, we have conducted research where the original SARS-CoV-2 virus has been used to express the spike protein from new variants of concern. This work is undertaken once a new variant of concern has been identified by public health authorities. This research provides a way for us to rapidly assess the ability of an existing vaccine to induce antibodies that neutralize a newly identified variant of concern. We then make this data available through peer-reviewed scientific journals and use it as one of the steps to determine whether a vaccine update is required. Then they go on to say, in addition, to meet U.S. and global regulatory requirements of our oral treatment, Paxlovid, Pfizer undertakes in vitro work, i.e. in a laboratory culture dish to identify potential resistance mutations to one of Paxlovid's two components. With a naturally evolving virus, it is important to routinely assess the activity of an antiviral. Most of the work is conducted using computer uh, simulations or mutations of the main protein A, non-infectious part of the virus, in a limited number of cases when a full virus does not contain any known gain-of-function mutations, such virus may be engineered to enable the assessment of antiviral activity in cells. In addition, in vitro resistance selection experiments are undertaken in cells incubated with SARS-CoV-2, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they present this as a denial, but Mario, is it? Yeah, it's a very, so as you saw, as you, you know, just as you read that, it's a very long statement. Usually uh, we get much shorter statements than that. Uh, it's like a press release, full-blown press release. They don't mention Project Veritas by name. They don't mention Jordan Walker by name. And they go back with, they start with saying they don't do gain-of-function research. But then they go into what you said there, like, well, you know, we do experiment here and there. And, you know, we assess, you know, changing the virus or something like I'm you know, paraphrasing what you said there. So I'm not exactly sure which way it is. Um, you know, I don't I can't fully interpret it. What I can see there is that they use very complex scientific terms to really sound like they, like they know what they're talking about. But also it appears that it makes it more complicated for the general public to understand what they're actually communicating. But um, to me, the most telling part of their response is what they didn't say. And that's uh, going back to my earlier point. They didn't deny this person works there. They didn't deny the person has any um, you know, responsibilities or authority to make decisions. Uh, it looks like he, as a director, he probably does have some se- uh, significant say on decision making at Pfizer. And they didn't deny that. So those are the, the like what, do you, what they don't say sometimes is what the actual response is. And I think this is the case here. Uh, and especially the timing of all things. Let's not forget this was put out on Friday after 6 p.m., right? So we all know that when you release a press release at Friday at 6 p.m., you're not really looking for a lot of media coverage or attention to come to that. 
Correct. And I think that's why this is one of the funniest things Project Veritas has ever done, by the way. I want to show it's like a six second clip here. This is in front of the Pfizer World Headquarters. You rented, you parked, you rented and then parked an LED truck playing the video <laughs> right in front of this huge building. Mario, when I saw that, I it's so savage. It's one of the funniest things that I've ever seen. What can people expect? Is this story over? Can we expect to see follow ups here? Is there more? Yeah, so we, uh, you know, obviously we're always building more stories and across different, um, you know, industries, big tech, big pharma. Obviously, big pharma right now is a huge focus given the fact of what we just released. So we have uh, people within big pharma, even specifically within Pfizer, uh, people there who have reached out to us, uh, appearing to be willing whistleblow whistleblowers or sources. Uh, we're developing these stories. Obviously, we need to corroborate materials and make sure that everything is uh, in order. But it does appear that we'll be able to um, release more uh, information, given the fact that people inside Pfizer are actually inspired by the fact that we are exposing their own company. Right. So that's something we've seen in the past where we expose we do a story on CNN or in Pfizer. It could be a whistleblower within there or an undercover video. And the people in the company who otherwise who obviously are know that there's something wrong going on, but they never knew where to go with that information. They see that I'm like. I'm motivated, you know, to go and do something about, you know, the corruption I'm seeing, given the fact that Project Veritas is out there exposing it. So we are seeing that. So I will say stay tuned uh, for more. We most certainly are not giving up, uh, you know, stepping away from this beat anytime soon. Okay, Mario, talk to me about the media coverage, because what I find really fascinating about this enormous number of views that this video has gotten is this is all without the driving force of any mainstream media coverage behind this. To my knowledge, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, maybe I missed a story somewhere. To my knowledge, no mainstream outlets, no corporate media outlets, one of the, the big ones, has, has covered the story at all. No, you're you're right. Uh, we you know we saw Tucker covered it, obviously on his personal show on Fox. Uh, Bartiromo mentioned it briefly on her Fox show, and Daily Mail is an interesting one because they put out an article. We put out the video on Wednesday. Wednesday night video comes out on Twitter. Article on Daily Mail comes out Thursday morning. Within minutes or a few hours, the video, uh, the article from Daily Mail was down, and I didn't know why. No one actually understood why, but it was just a dead link. And uh, the article came back up yesterday, completely changed up. They changed it up from the original Thursday post to include all the Pfizer comments and all these back and forth between uh, scientists saying, I agree with the video. I disagree with the video and all this, you know, back and forth. So they kind of seem more cautious with uh, the reporting, which is, you know, interesting there. Uh, and then we saw Newsweek wrote an, uh, a fact check. OK, and the funny thing is they didn't rate the story true or false. They rated unverified. OK, I can't even describe what I read there. It's, I mean, to me, it's such nonsense. But I, my only question to Newsweek is if a story is unverified, isn't it a journalist's job to go and verify the story? Like, isn't that what you should do instead of concluding an article saying it's unverified? Like, don't like and that's what I thought journalists did is that they go verify things. Right. I thought that's what they did part of their job, but apparently you can just write a fact check article and call it unverified and call it a day and get it, collect a paycheck. Sounds like a great job, honestly. Sounds like a great paycheck. Wow. Impressive. The, well, and, and previously, back when, back when media outlets had a shred of journalistic integrity, if there was a part of a report or some news that was broken that, that needs additional verification, they would hound Pfizer for verification. These media outlets should be the ones that are using the loudest voices saying, hey, Pfizer, is this true? Can you disprove this? Is Jordan Walker an official employee? Do you have directed evolution? Have you ever used this on any drug, let alone the COVID-19 vaccine? Do you believe that this violates gain of function prohibition in our law? Like you're supposed, journalists are supposed to be the ones asking those questions, which is hilarious. Um, you also got a response from the Chinese Communist Party. That must have been a little unexpected. Yeah, so the Chinese Communist Party, uh, this is the first time they've ever, that I can ever recall, them reacting directly to the video. So we saw, I think, an official international affairs member of the, of the gov Chinese government, as well as Chinese state media. But they're using the video for their own propaganda interests, right? So they're trying to say, well, look, uh, American company Pfizer is doing apparently gain of function. 
which must mean that America is to blame for gain of function, which must mean America is bl- to blame for COVID and stop blaming and stop blaming China. Stop blaming China for COVID. So that's, you know, it's interesting, though, because the part where Jordan Walker for Pfizer says himself that uh, the virus came from Wuhan, there's no way that, you know, this 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 was a, a normal, like out of nowhere thing. Like he said, it's total BS that this isn't, you know, something that was out of the lab, like a lab leak, according to Jordan's statements. Interestingly, the Chinese Communist Party and, and their media surrogates didn't say that at all. That wasn't talked about in the in the Chinese Communist Party circles. Only the part that they could use to blame America for COVID through blaming Pfizer for COVID, which is it's, it's, it's incredible. But it just goes to show, you know, like you know, they're calling apparently, according to Breitbart, they're calling for the FDA to look into this. So the Chinese Communist Party is is calling out the FDA to go and regulate gain of function research at Pfizer. It's it's I I can't I can't tell you I, I was not expecting to see this uh, as as something, but this is happening um, as we speak. And I will say also one other fact check uh, that happened here in the U.S. Not China, but in the U.S. Well, let me say this first: China called out the American media. For not covering the story. So now the American media is getting lectured by the Chinese communists for omitting stories and 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 and, and racing um, the validity of stories from from news reports. So that's interesting. Um, but I'll say one more thing on Snopes. They did a fact check on um, our video, but the conclusion is there's no fact check. They literally didn't say if it's true, false, or or anything. They just said our audience reached out to us saying we should look into this Project Veritas video. Then they go on a bunch of like they collected a bunch of tweets of people that that said that our video is, you know, questionable for random reasons, right? And they said, "Well, look, this person's pointing out this," and they didn't make any conclusive, you know, this is what we found, this is how we think, this is, might not be true. They just pulled these, like, well, potentially this might be, you know, misinformation because we've seen these kind of behaviors in editing before in the past in certain other circumstances. So maybe if we connect that circumstance to this circumstance, we can look at this and maybe take a conclusion of that. So this is the type of reaction that we've seen from the American media on, you know, not knowing what to do with this. Either they ignore it completely or they try to uh, say they don't know what that don't trust it, but we don't know why you shouldn't trust it. And then you have uh, for uh, American adversaries using it for propaganda gains. I, I can't tell you. <laughs> this is crazy uh, what we're witnessing. That sounds to me like a glowing endorsement from Snopes. That's as good as you're going to hope for if they don't if they don't claim that truth is false then listen, they might, that must be meaning that they, uh, they agree with it here. It's, it's bananas that you've got responses from all those places and not, uh, not one sentence from CNN. Um, legally, though, let's talk about the legal aspect really quick. So in Michigan, there's over a dozen state legislators, 16 actually, to be precise, who are yep. demanding a governmental response. They say Pfizer must hold itself accountable to restore trust in the integrity of the company and its employees. Now, that sentence in and of itself, I have a couple of problems with. Pfizer cannot be the one to hold itself accountable. They've already violated probably the law and certainly people's trust and medical ethics, certainly. Um, I'm not sure a restoration of the integrity of the, co- of the company is possible. That aside, though, um, what's been the response from legal entities who have the capacity to hold Pfizer accountable? whether that's the United States Congress, probably the Republican majority at this point, whether that's the FDA, the CDC, um, one would hope maybe the Department of Justice, although it's run by Merrick Garland. What, what, what's what been the reaction? from? Yeah, no, that's a great point. So as you mentioned there, today was the first time that I saw that, you know, now state level, at the state level of Michigan, there's reaction from um, elected officials. Uh, we had seen uh, last week senators and U.S. congressmen uh, in the federal government uh, reach out, either position themselves about the video on on Twitter, or Marco Rubio, for example, sent a letter to the Pfizer CEO Albert Borla about it, asking questions. Um, so there is definitely some sort of movement in the U.S. Congress, both in the Senate and the House, um, asking questions. I don't know if it's going to continue to develop. But it certainly looks like it will. So you know, um, the, in terms of regulatory, the regulatory aspect. One thing that Jordan um, said, Jordan Walker said in our video, is that there's that revolving door between the FDA and Big Pharma. So you work in the FDA as a regulator, right? Uh, you Obviously, your job is to regulate and oversee the drugs that are uh, these big pharma companies want to approve. And Jordan basically said, well, we all really knew. We all know this. But to get the, the proof out of them, right, to them, for them to say it, it's just to confirm suspicions, which is something that Project Veritas does. Not only do we break 
news that no one knew about, but we also confirm suspicions that other people would otherwise use plausible deniability to say it's not true. In this case, uh, this person admits that you know people who work at the FDA have an interest of not being too harsh in their uh, drug evaluations when it, you know big pharma sends drugs to, for approval because the next job that they'll have out of the FDA is probably going to be at Pfizer or other big pharma companies. So why would they anger uh, the, those companies by not approving their products if they depend or if they're looking forward to a big paycheck at those companies once they're done with their regulatory job, right? So you have a, a very big conflict of interest there. Um, and this Jordan Walker man uh, individual basically admits that, you know, this is very good for us in the industry because we have guaranteed jobs and uh, movement in our careers. But he says it himself, this is bad for the American people. He said those words, right? Because the people that end up losing in this quid, quid pro quo situation is the American public that is uh, ends up being forced to buy these these drug products for their health, right? So it's uh, quite a revolution. So in terms of who will be able to hold them accountable, uh, the FDA doesn't appear to be the 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 the, the place that will. Uh, we'll see about that. But you know, if, if U.S. Congress and now state elected officials in Michigan, maybe others will come now, are going to ask questions. That might be a, a route. And by the way, this this revolving door isn't faceless. The best example of that is Scott Gottlieb, right? He used to be of the FDA, and now he's a consultant paid over a quarter million dollars a year by none other than Pfizer. So there's an example of that. Um, Project Veritas has done incredible work. I, I, I repeat what I said at the beginning of this interview. I think that this is not only one of Project Veritas's biggest stories. I bet this will be, I predict this will be one of the biggest stories of 2023. You guys are doing great work. Thanks so much for sitting down with me. It was a delight to talk to you and to hear about, you know, the nitty gritty, all that goes into this and your reactions to the fallout and your message to Pfizer. Remember, he said, stay tuned, stay tuned, Pfizer. Thank you, Mario, for being here. Thank you so much, Liz. It was a pleasure. Well, if I'm Pfizer, I'm quaking in my boots to stay tuned for what's next from an organization like Project Veritas that just, you know, blew up the entire technocracy of Pfizer with one video. Goodness, uh, I look forward to that. But the, the takeaway from this episode is, is you know, these, these experts in the institutions that govern our life, whether it's a, a governmental institution that actually rules us or whether it's civil institutions that provide all of these guidance that we're supposed to adhere to, they're not nameless. They're not faceless, these, these so-called experts. They're real people. And when you look at the real people, you can see how captured they are by ideology, how incompetent they are. And it's easier to um, be skeptical. It's easier to question everything. It's easier to properly order our response and our decision-making process based on reality versus based on deferring to an expert who really might not might not be an expert that we want to rely on. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.